Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Jill Schroyer. Jill is the CEO and founder of Expedition HR. Jill has over 20 years of human resources experience across three industries and is the best-selling author of the book, Conquer Sticky Situations. She loves living in the mountains of Park City, Utah with her husband and two kids. Jill is a fluent Spanish speaker, avid skier, rescue pet advocate, and self-proclaimed professional sticky situation solver. Expedition HR provides education, resources, and ongoing support under their eight foundational human resources pillars in their signature HR Jumpstart program. They equip clients to handle their human resources tasks in-house while providing ongoing support for those sticky situations that arise. And that's what we're talking about today in this episode, sticky situations. Jill is going to share with us her five-step formula for handling those tough conversations when they need to happen, but we're also going to talk about how to prevent those situations from happening. Because if you can prevent them instead of having to have those tough talks, isn't that what you want to do? So let's jump into the conversation and learn how to prevent sticky situations with your employees and how to approach the conversations when those situations do occur. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Yes. Before we get started, can you kick us off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? Thank you. Yes. So I'm Jill Schroyer, and I am the CEO and founder of Expedition HR. I'll tell you a little bit about the business, and then I'll tell you a little bit about myself personally and kind of how they connect. So here at Expedition HR, we help businesses in the 15 to 100 employee range learn what they need to know about HR and set up that HR foundation, and we provide ongoing support. And the goal is to prevent what we call sticky situations from happening in the business. So that's what we do and why we do it. Um, me personally, I grew up in New England. I live in Park City, Utah now. With my husband, two kids, our uh, cat, our puppy, and we're avid skiers, adventurers, love to hike and camp and um, really do all things in the mountains. Um, so I started my HR career back in New England, uh, right out of college, really, I just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And so dabbled in a couple things and then decided I'm going to move west for the Olympics. So I headed west um, for the Olympics back in 2000, gosh, 2002. And um, 
yeah, never left. And so kind of got more dabbling more in HR and really liked it. So started from the ground up and um, from there just took different jobs and I love, I'm so grateful for the experience I've had because I've been able to go from like, you know, the assistant just kind of doing what I'm told all the way up to leading HR teams and sitting at that um, strategic executive table as well. So, um, and all throughout those years, the one thing that I always was called upon to help with were what I call those sticky situations. I always had a knack for them. I always really enjoyed them, which is something a lot of people say, yeah, that's not normal. Um, so that really brought me, you know, 17 years in the workplace. And then I started my own business, um, you know, with the goal of helping businesses not only work through sticky situations, but also learn the foundation in HR to be able to prevent those sticky situations in the first place. So I teach eight pillars of HR, which really set businesses up to do exactly that and prevent sticky situations. So yeah. that's me and what I do. <laughs> yeah, that's important. I feel like if you can prevent something, it's always good than having to deal with it once it comes up. But, but Jill, yes. I will say I'm always jealous of seeing like this past winter, seeing your pictures of you guys skiing <laughs> and in the mountains. Cause as someone who lives in Florida, but grew up skiing, I'm just like, oh, I want to be out there on the mountains and enjoy those beautiful ski days. So I'm super, super jealous of, of all that. But you don't have the snow in May. Like we had like four inches uh, two days ago. So that was not fun. Yes. <laughs> We're all ready for the snow to go away. Yeah, so we're recording this in May. It'll probably be nice and warm and sunny by the time it goes live this summer. But, yes. but yeah, that that is one thing. That's why I'm always like, I like to visit the snow. I don't think I could live there. Um, so so it's it's nice, but you know. <laughs> but anyway, before we really jump in fully, I just want to give a, a quick plug of how I Jill and I met each other. We're both a part of the Sales Maven Society. So we've met through that group which Nikki Rausch, who runs that, has been on the podcast twice, sharing some of her sales tips and shared about her hiring journey and then how to sell people to work with your team when you're growing, with, growing your team and you're no longer serving all your clients. So make sure you go back and listen to those episodes. And if you feel like you could use some work with your sales techniques, go and check out the Sales Maven Society. I know for me personally, it has been great. And, and Jill, I think you've shared some great feedback about the society as well. So just wanted to throw that out there because that's how Jill and I met and I love the group. Yes, I love it as well. It's been so amazing for the business and just confidence in selling and all the learnings. Yes. All right. But let's talk about HR in sticky situations. So you have a five-step formula for handling tough talks when they they have to happen. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So again, my goal is to prevent these talks, but the reality is we all know in our personal life and at work, they're going to happen, you know, whether it be setting a boundary at in life or at work or whatever the case. So I always through the years used a formula, but, you know, never really had it kind of carved out, written down in its exact process and thought, but I do the same thing every time. So that triggered the book, my book called Conquer Sticky Situations, where basically the whole book's about this five-step formula and what I call the three-prong approach 
to the formula. So the steps to the formula, it's really simple. I always say this isn't necessarily a brand new idea, but I think the way I frame it is what makes it, you know, in the, the three-prong approach makes what I say where the magic happens in the formula. So the formula, again, it's five steps. The first step is say thanks. The second step is say why. Third step is what. Fourth step is how. And fifth step is thanks again. So the first part, thanks. So sticky situations are no fun. So if you say, hey, thanks for taking a minute to speak with me, it immediately changes the whole air of the conversation. And instead of just diving in and saying what I call is step two, the why, saying we're here because you've been late to work every day, that's going to put the person on the defense. So if you start with just a quick, hey, thanks for taking the time. And then you dive into step two, which is the what, you know, we'll use that example of you've been coming in late to work you um, this is becoming a problem and step three is what you want to share reasons like you've got to support what you're saying because a sticky conversation as I call them you've got to have some like dates or times or instances or else the other person's going to likely be really confused about what's going on so we say we're here to talk about you coming in late to work and step three, the what could be you were late on this last Tuesday, let's just say April 5th or last Thursday, whatever the date was, uh, two times in March or whatever dates you have noted. And then you move right on to the how. I expect moving forward you to arrive at your start time of 9 a.m. If unforeseen uh, instances arrive, we ask that you call before your expected arrive time. And then step five is, thanks for having this conversation. What questions do you have about what I'm asking of you? Yes, I love that. And I love that you start like that thanks at the beginning, because I feel like too often we jump into the meat and potatoes of a conversation and we don't take that moment to welcome people into the conversation, welcome people into the meeting. I was actually just talking to someone on uh, a podcast interview this morning for their podcast. And I talked about how one of the things I train on is the beginning of the interview. People might know who you are or what your company is, but you still need to welcome and introduce yourself because you need to bridge from your two strangers coming together to now you're having a conversation. And even though when you're having these sticky situation conversations, they know who you are. They know that they probably know why they're there in a lot of cases, but it's still, it's that let's bring you from two people going through our separate things at work to now we're having a conversation together and welcoming them into the conversation. And it could, my guess is it probably also helps to help them put their defense down a little bit because you're starting with a pleasantry. You're starting with, thank you. Yes. Well, and people say, oh, but if, you know, if we have to let someone go, we don't say thanks. I said, yes. I tell people be really careful with eliminating the thanks because you change the whole conversation. And they say, but we're not really thankful for them. We're letting them go today. This is, we're done. We're frustrated. And I say, just tell them thanks for taking a minute because they are taking a minute. And at the end, you don't have to say thanks for your great work. You can just say thanks for the work you did. And it's still treating them like a human. With respect, because even if they didn't work out, that person still took time to work for your company. They, they put in effort. Maybe it wasn't the effort that you needed. Maybe it wasn't the effort you thought was worthy of continuing with that position, but they still gave something in order to be there. So yeah, I think that's still, still important to not end on a 
horrible note. It's like a serial is one of those things that, that you can see. It's like, even though you're firing someone and that relationship is ending, you can end with all the negativity in the world, or you can end with more, a little bit more positive positivity where they're not looking back and being like, well, that was horrible. I never want to work there. I never want to support them again. I'm going to spread bad messages about them to everybody I know. That's exactly it. That is exactly it. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's my whole premise behind this sticky situation formula is let's get the point across and be direct. And this kind of leads into that three-prong approach, but it's also like, let's leave everyone, you know, no one's going to be feeling good after maybe they're reprimanded or, you know, terminated from employment, but let's at least make them feel like decent and not just torn apart and feel rotten about themselves. Right. Exactly. And so I think it was step three, uh, what was it? The, the how? Uh, the what is step three the what okay the why and then the what okay so that but that's where you give the examples right yes and I always say stick from like one to three or else you're opening it you could open a can of worms and that always (laughs) is problematic yeah and I I just want to share a quick story of why that is so important and it helped me really learn the importance of having those examples. There was an employee of mine years ago that we had some problems with throughout the year. We verbally talked about a lot of things and came time for performance review and that still hadn't really seen improvement in that area. So it was brought up in the performance review and she pretended like those conversations had never happened and pretty much told me I was making stuff up. And the thing about it is I didn't have anything documented because all of our conversations were verbal. And it got to the point where HR was like, you're going to have to take that out of the review because there's nothing documented and she's fighting it. And you have nothing to prove that these conversations actually happened. And what happened? Okay. The next year, every time I had a conversation with that employee where I was providing feedback, I, even if it was a verbal conversation, I was following up with an email of per our conversation, like here are the things that we discussed. So that way I wouldn't be in that situation again. So even though you might have the examples because things happen, make sure you have something tangible to, sh- to show. And do you agree with that as well? Make sure you have something tangible to prove your examples. Absolutely. I always say like, don't say something that you couldn't back up because it should be a really quick conversation because they should be like, oh, yep, yep, did that. Dang it. Yep, did that. Okay. And they still might fight you, but you could say, oh, you know, I always say you don't have to show all the proof, but if they needed it later, you could slide the paper forward that says this is where we discussed this and you signed it. So it did happen. Yes. Yeah. So super, super important. So a question about this, you're having these sticky situations. Let's say it is an employee that is coming in late to work. Let's just use that example. At what point do you move to like the next phase of the process? You're having that conversation and let's say their behavior doesn't change. Yes. So I'll offer a a resource at the end of the show today. It can be found at expeditionhr.com slash 10 ways. And in this freebie, it talks about 10 ways that you can prevent sticky HR situations in your business, even if you're not in that 15 to 100 um, range. This will benefit really any business. I tried to make it tips that would be really just helpful to anyone. So it talks a little bit about progressive discipline and why it's important and when it would play in. So the idea 
have the sticky um, conversation formula is that it can be used in a coaching or it can be used in a more formal like written write-up or you know a verbal that I always say a, a verbal warning there should be documentation even behind that verbal warning if it is in the you know the warning category so this really folds into any phase so I usually teach the coaching phase comes first and that's for a minor I call it a course correction you may say you have a new employee and suddenly they've come in late a few times like you've got to address it like you said send them a quick email just say hey I just want to mention this I want you to be successful and the intention is totally to improve and then you know you there's unfortunately there's no cut and dry like four more times and then they get written up or four more times and they get a verbal it's kind of a case by case depending on the infraction I say so if they're, um, you know, I'd say if, if you talk to them after being late a couple times, if it happens a couple more times after that, it would likely warrant some sort of either firmer coaching or moving into the progressive discipline. And this is a great example, Jamie, of, so I teach the eight pillars, the, this jumpstart program that I teach all this in. We go through the eight pillars. One of them is performance management, but this ongoing support for 12 months after you finish the training is a great time to tap into like, okay, Jill, what do I do here? Do I do another coaching? Do I do a verbal? I want to make sure that this employee knows they have to improve or they may be moved towards the door. Um, so those are very case by case. Um, but this formula can be applied to really any conversation where you need to get a point across, whether it's kind of, you know, I say the minor course correction or, hey, this is a big issue and here's why. Yeah. I think like going back to kind of like the beginning where you said like, send them an email, let them know like, okay, the start time's this, you're supposed to be here by this, this time. I think that's super important. Just having those kind of like little, like minor reminders. Cause one of the things I always say is if you don't set the expectation, the employee will set the expectation themselves. And sometimes they won't match. So you might say, okay, the start time is nine o'clock and let's say something happens and there was an accident on the highway and they're showing up at 905 one day and no one says anything to them. And they're like, okay, well, no one said anything to me when I walked in five minutes late. And then maybe it happens again where no one says anything when they walk in five minutes late. And they might start thinking, well, the start time is nine, but there's some flexibility there. So if I don't show up until 915 or so, I'm okay because it's it's still that nine o'clock window. And that might be how they're starting to interpret things. And they're assuming that that is, that you, you are allowing this, that this is okay. But you might be sitting there and saying, again, they didn't show up till 905. Why didn't they show up to 905? And you're getting frustrated with it. And sometimes that little reminder to send out, is like, okay, yep. I noticed let's, let's try to get there by nine. The start time is nine, not 905. It helps set that expectation that, okay, we understand life happens but this is the expectation that on a daily basis, you're going to be here at nine, ready to work at nine. Yes. I love how you say, if you don't set the expectation, they will. <clears throat> I find so often clients come to me saying, yeah, we need some help with HR and they explain things and they're like, yeah, we've set the expectations. We don't know why they're not performing. And I ask two questions and I realize that there was no expectations that were set. It's like assumed expectation setting. I also loved what you said too about the term I've noticed. Like that's a great way to talk about the why in the conversation. You know, hey, Jane, I've noticed that you've been arriving late because it's, it's very non-judgmental. It's like, I've just seen this. I've just noticed it. 
it's not like you are a problem because you're late. You know, we're not personalizing it. So I love that you mentioned that too. Yes. Yes, that's good. I'm glad I used the right language there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. So well, let's let's move forward a little bit and or backwards in the process. I don't know which way we're looking at this. How do you prevent sticky situations? Can you give us an example? Like maybe, maybe it is one of those things where that example right there with arriving late of you know, how do you prevent those situations from happening? Is it just more of kind of giving that that little course correction from the very beginning? Or are there other tips you can give us to how do you prevent things? Yes, that's great. So I mentioned briefly these eight pillars. And so, for example, one of them is recruiting, interviewing, onboarding. While I don't, as you know, Jamie and I have partnered in, with some clients, I don't go too deep into the recruiting side. And we have a lot of synergies in the onboarding side, but the interviewing. So um, during that, uh, that pillar training, I talk about some ways that they can, um, for instance, like when they're looking for the person for the role, again, um, I don't go too deep on this, but talking about, you know, job posting, making sure that they're clear about what they're looking for so that right from the get-go in the interview, they don't find that they're already, you know, in the second interview, interviewing for like the wrong tasks or the wrong position. And then later they're telling someone that, you know, you've falsified your application or you're not what we were looking for when they never got it right from the get-go. Um, and then another pillar, for example, is the basics of employment law. I don't go into too much detail because really in the support time that they have after the initial trainings, things come up and we work through it, but um, letting them know kind of what laws affect them. And that's really that a zone where I work best is the 15 to 100 employee range in businesses with or without HR. Maybe their HR needs training or we're just providing the HR support they need. But when you get 15 employees, you need to know which things can get you into hot water. So knowing the law, knowing the protected classes, knowing not that you can never let someone go in a protected class, but that the, you know, I call it the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It's knowing, okay, what are these situations that um, if we find ourselves in, we, we at least know we're there and how to best navigate. Um, and then the performance management, of course, I talk about it address issues early and quick and have an atmosphere of constant feedback. That's a surefire way to prevent sticky situations. Like clients I've been working with for a while, I had one reach out the other day and they said, you know what I love? All these conversations that get to the warning point, they are not half as bad as before because we started talking about it. And I said, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be happy about it, but they're not going to be surprised. I always say employees hate surprises in the form of performance surprises. So I don't know if that answered your question, Jamie, but yeah, yeah, no, I definitely think it, it totally did. Um, you know, going back, obviously you're speaking to my heart when you say be very clear about who you're hiring and what that, that job is. It, that is super, super important. You know, the, the person on the other side of that, the, uh, the candidate wants to know what position they're coming into. Like, especially now, currently, like people are very specific about what they're applying to. We are going through this great resignation where people are saying, you know, this job I'm doing doesn't really speak to me. And it could be that the company they're with doesn't really speak to them or they're realizing they want to do different things with their skill set, And so people are being very particular about what jobs are applying to. So it's super, super important for you to be clear. You don't want to go out hiring for one thing and then have the job be completely different. I know this was 
years and years ago, one of my friends, she was super excited. She got into this company for this marketing job. And on day one, they're like, okay, we just did an org change and your position's completely different. And she was like, wait, what? Like, this is not, this is not the job I applied for. She goes, you guys made me an offer a week ago. You didn't know this change was coming. Like what you could have told me this before I came in. So what did she do? She immediately started looking for another job because she wasn't going to, she wasn't going to do a job that she didn't want. So it's yeah, be very clear. So you make sure from the get-go you are, you're hiring the right people. You're talking to the right people. You're communicating the right job to them. And I think some of that even comes down to, I'm working with a client now where they offer, they offer some flexibility. She's like, okay, if someone has kids and needs to go pick them up at three o'clock, that's fine. You know, if they need this, that's fine. They need to take some time off for a doctor's appointment. That's fine. And so we were talking about how do you phrase flexible work schedule on the job posting? And I was like, we got to be sometimes a little bit careful with that because we don't want people to think flexible job, flexible work schedule. And that means they can be working at midnight. Cause she's like, that's not what I want. It's like standard business hours with some flexibility for what's going on in your life. So it's like figuring out what does it mean and how do other people interpret that? Yes. Oh my gosh. So often too, they breeze through the expectations or even job description and job posting, like you said, Jamie, and then they kind of want me to help them fix that. And I always say what's worse than someone leaving is that they're staying and they're totally disengaged because they're looking for a job. Like that's even worse and quite frankly, scarier than them quitting because now you have a really low productivity going on and you're paying them to do a really poor job potentially. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, there's just so much in there where you're talking about preventing the, like the sicky situations, being very clear, remembering that people interpret things differently. So I always say very rarely is it going to happen that you're having someone coming in and expecting to slack off and not do a good job. People want to do a good job. You know, most majority of people want to come in and feel like they're doing a good job. So if someone's not meeting your expectation, it's not because they're maliciously doing things wrong. It's because they're doing the expectation the way that they interpret it or because you didn't give them the expectation. So the way that they decided the expectation should be. So just remember that like people aren't maliciously doing things wrong from the start. Oh, I love that. And you setting an expectation sometimes is totally different. It it gets heard totally different. Something that applies is the, um, I forgot to mention too much about it earlier, but that three-prong approach to the five steps, I say that's where the magic happens because they're really, they're simple. No pun intended. The three-prong approach to those five steps are be simple, be straightforward, and be human-centered. And this even applies to expectation setting. Simple, like fewer words is less like likely to be misunderstood. You know, that expression, less said, best said, it applies to everything in life. But being straightforward, if you don't get out what you have to say, whether it be setting an expectation, like, hey, we expect emails to be responded to within eight hours. You you can't say within, you know, a reasonable time, because reasonable, you know, everyone can interpret interpret that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then being human centered in this, not only in sticky situations, you mentioned something earlier, just kind of making them feel, you know, like respected. It's just a basic respect, but also um, 
I mean, that mostly applies in the sticky situation, but even with expectations, you know, have a conversation and say like, this is our expectation, you know, tell me any concerns or questions you have about this. Um, and we can revisit if there's any clarification needed, but just really emphasizing that, hey, this is really important that we set this, but we want to know your thoughts too. And we want to respect your like ideas and input here as well. Yes. I love that you said that. I was just having a conversation yesterday with someone who was a part of an organization where they were implementing a new process. And it kind of went back to, you said, like to respond to clients within a certain time period. And that was their goal. That was their intention going in. And the team member could not achieve that expectation with everybody. And they had the conversation. And the thing about it is the team member knew that there was this, this expectation, this SLA to get back to the customers. And he started keeping track of it. And he said, okay, we are getting X amount of requests a day. It takes this amount of time to deal with each request at a minimum, which means I can only do so much a day. And there's so many more than that that's coming in. So if we're going to continue moving forward with this process, which is needed, because it was one of those things, this was years ago when they were switching from doing something manually to doing something online. And there was a lot of confusion, a lot of questions coming in. He goes, even if it's temporary support, we need additional people here to help filter these requests and these client needs. If we're going to keep that, that, um, time period that we're going to respond by. So because they were able to have that conversation, there was a clear expectation the team member knew they weren't meeting that expectation. They were able to explain why they weren't able to meet that expectation. And they were able to come up with a solution through a conversation. So that way the expectation could be met. Love that. Well, and I love too, that sticky situation can be to an employee, to their manager too. say, Hey, I am struggling with, like you say, this expectation. I think it's realistic. And here's a couple reasons why, and here's how I hope it can change. Yeah. Yes. Very applicable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, have those conversations, like figure out like what's going on, what's, what's making it so someone can't, can't achieve what you want. It's so much better than just being angry or upset or thinking this person can't do this. And you just want to, you just want to kick them to the curb. Cause guess what? If it's because the process is broken, if it's because the expectation is not clear or anything like that, that issue is probably going to happen again and again and again. It absolutely is. Yes. One piece I was going to mention too, with the conversations and it, just like you say, you set an expectation, you think it was clear, it turns out it's not. And you think, oh my gosh, I have to address this. Maybe, maybe the first time was just the expectation setting meeting. It wasn't a sticky conversation. It was you're a new employee, but then it becomes sticky. A lot of people say this, this formula is fine and good, but like it's going to work for every situation. And it's kind of like Nikki Rausch's sales maven society when she mentions like, you've got to practice it and you've got to spend the time like studying it a little bit, looking at it once and going for it. I almost guarantee you'll fail with the formula. You have to really think, okay, I'm going to write out my ideas. I'm going to simplify it. I'm going to make sure it's straightforward. I'm going to practice in front of a mirror and see how I look saying this. Am I super nervous? Am I shaking? Um, and so, you know, practicing, like you're not going to be good at this the first time. And it's super, no one likes to do this, let's be honest. So just kind of some little add-on notes about when you have the conversations. Right. And I'm assuming that that five-step formula for tough conversations 
you can probably get used to doing it by using a similar formula or the exact same formula when you're having non-tough conversations as well, you know, to come out like, you know, you're going to talk about something new. It's not a negative thing, but getting in the habit of thanking the person for their time to come talk to you and meet with you, go through the, the, uh, the why, what, how, and the thanks again. Yeah. You know, so you can go through the, that formula even when you're not in tough situations, that way, when you're in the tough situation, you remember it. I love that application. Yeah, that's that's great. And it goes back to specificity. Like you always, when you give praise or I say constructive feedback, I don't. I like to avoid negative, you know, feedback. I like to say something constructive. If you're not specific, it's it usually gets lost in in you know the whole idea of recognition and being um, giving positive reinforcement. If you generally say, you know, Jamie, you're doing a great job, they're going to feel good, but then they're going to be confused. Like, how am I doing? Oh, I must be doing this well. And then they're going to, it's going to reinforce whatever behavior they think they're doing well. And then, you know, it, it doesn't have the desired effect. Right. Exactly. All right, Jill. So one question I have that people might be wondering is, Okay, they can go out and get get you know use this tool, use this resource, you know, get your your ten was it uh, ten ways to prevent sticky HR situations. Yes, yes. ten ways. To, I, was <laughs> I like, breezed it really fast. Like, I got ten. Like <laughs> yes. All right, they can go and get that. But every business reaches a point. You go from the small business to a bigger business, and you it comes to a point where you shouldn't be necessarily navigating these situations alone. You need maybe that. HR support, even if it's not internally as that consultant. And what are some of those points where it's, hey, you really need an HR partner walking this path with you. Stop doing it alone. Yeah. Like what are kind of some, some things that I look for in an organization that needs HR? Is that? Yes. Okay. So I think a lot of people, unfortunately, clients come to me because they, there's a sticky situation that they either are having or just had. That's typically, you know, they say, we're just having this revolving door of employees, or we just can't seem to, like, address issues early, and we don't really know how, and now we've got a problem employee that we need to let go. Or they just come to me and say, we've got someone we need to let go. And so... Um, those are kind of what I call trigger words to say, okay, there's a lot of prevention measures that we should put in place, but also like you say, just navigating those situations because they're going to arise no matter how much you try and prevent them. Um, having someone to just lean on to help with the phrasing. And even I've been told by some CEOs I've worked with, I'm kind of like a CEO coach in some ways because they say, you know, no one's really ever walked us through this. You know, maybe I'm training their HR team even. And they say, you know, our HR team isn't to this senior level where they can really coach me. So I don't know if that answers what you asked, but yeah. feel free to clarify. Yeah. So as a business owner, if you're just realizing that you're getting into some tough situations, probably more frequently than you want, it might be a good time to get that HR consultant that's going to help you along the way to really help you learn how to prevent them, set up the policies and procedures in place to prevent those situations and be there to guide you when those conversations do need to happen. So you, you do things correctly. Cause I feel like when they're not done correctly, that's when the more problems can, can occur because if you let go of someone and they're not happy, they could, they could try to come back and sue you. And it's probably good to make sure you have all your T's crossed and your I's dotted. So you can be like, here you go. Everything was done as it should be. 
Yeah, well, an HR is always like an afterthought. I shouldn't say always, but my ideal client, I say, knows the importance of HR and wants to set up that HR foundation because I always say, I, you know, I can't guarantee is a strong word, but everyone I've worked with has gotten time back because they've put some foundations in place. So now, I mean, dealing with a problem employee is all consuming. And so I, I have bought like weeks back to leaders in organizations because they're no longer dealing with these things because they're being nipped in the bud by managers or a supervisor before they become big issues and potentially costly. So exactly. If you think about it, it's like a team member, let's just say a team member that you end up having to put on a performance improvement plan. You're monitoring their performance. You're meeting with them. That's probably not necessarily going to go from where they are today to where you want them to be immediately. So you're having conversations, you're probably stressing it out. You're probably, even when you're not meeting with that team member, you're thinking about that team member and how are they screwing up today and and things like that. So yeah, poor performing team members take so much time. So if you can prevent that, if you can prevent even that, having to take that mental energy to think about that team member in the situation like that, you you're going to save so much time. It really is a time saver to get in front of situations. And I always say you're going to have peace of mind because you know that you did everything you could to prevent, you know, worst case scenario, a lawsuit. Um, and also you'll be happier at home. I mean, there's so many kind of byproducts to getting support in the first place from whether it's like your recruiting support and helping find someone faster or setting up that HR foundation, um, you, yeah, you'll absolutely have peace of mind, you'll get time back, and you'll get to focus on growing your business and having um, just like you say, HR, there's a lot of policies, procedures, but there's also a lot of other things that go into it that are um, kind of going back to those who really believe in the power of HR being really the drivers behind having a great workforce. Yes, yes, exactly. All right, Jill, we're coming up to the end of everything today. So tell people, how can they get your your download, the 10 ways, and how else can they get in touch with you? Awesome. Thanks. So there's um, a couple different ways, but I'll share um, the, the freebie I mentioned can be found at expeditionhr.com slash 10 dash ways. And send that to you so you can uh, put it in the notes if anyone's interested. And basically it goes through 10 ways and there's a lot of really, this is special for your listeners, a really robust description under each of the 10 ways. For example, how to better document, like you mentioned, when something comes up, where do I even start and how do I make it so it doesn't take so long? How to get a better um, set of interview questions in line, um, kind of a variety of ways. So that could be a valuable resource. And if any listeners liked the idea of this formula and wanted to know more, um, the book is Conquer Sticky Situations and it goes into detail on the formula and that three-prong approach and just how to become an expert. And I would say the gold nuggets in the book, I give 10 personal examples and 10 work examples of applying the formula. So you likely will find one out of those 20 that you can almost like take from there and just insert your particular situation. And that can be found on Amazon. Primarily some local bookstores carry it as well, but primarily Amazon. Awesome. And if they're ready for that HR support, they can go to your website? Yes. And it's actually um, expeditionhr.com. And it talks about kind of who is a great candidate for this HR jumpstart program where you get the eight weeks of training, 
12 months of support following, which will get you a great foundation. And I always say you're on your way to preventing uh, sticky HR situations from day one of the training. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jill. And yes, all those links will be in the show notes. So head on over to growingyourteam.com and find this episode and you'll find everything there. All right, Jill. So my last question for you that I love to ask all my guests, we've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us and made a great impression. So think of one leader or manager, either in your personal life or professional life that stood out to you and share with us one great thing about them. Awesome. There's one that stands out and I listen to your podcast. And so I'm always thinking of whenever you ask your guests to share theirs, I always think of this uh, manager I had named Henry, and I don't think he listens to podcasts, but I'll have to tell him to listen. Um, He was so great for a number of reasons, but um, I a couple things I really appreciated about him. He was super straightforward and honest and direct but he was also professional and kind. And I kind of teach those things in my book. And I really think that I learned that from him. I mean, he was a manager I had really early on. Not only was he straightforward and honest, but he gave me a lot of autonomy. And I was really green in HR when I worked for him. And he said, I'm going to send you this training. Um, You know, you're, you're in charge here. So do the learning, tell me what you need. And he was really funny too. And I really appreciated that. Like we had that nice balance of like, he just told me what he needed and gave me autonomy, but he was really funny. And that, I don't know, I really like people that have a great sense of humor. And that just like, he's just the best manager I ever had. We've stayed friends, you know, it's been 15 years since I worked for him. And um, yeah, he just, I think he exhibited such great traits. Good. And I think that's a, such an important lesson because you use the word, like words, honest and kind. And I think sometimes people see, honest. And it's like, well, in order to be honest, I need to, you know, kind of like just tell people how it is. And it doesn't necessarily in our minds always jive with kind. So you can be honest and straightforward and still be a kind, likable person while you're doing it and doing it in a genuine way, because you, you know how to have those conversations when you do need to deliver tough feedback. Yes. I say brutally honest, not good. Honest and straightforward, really good. Yes, yes, love that. All right, Jill, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. Have a great day. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.